Hi, welcome to Logan's Logic. I'm so excited to finally be doing this and finally be talking into an actual microphone. This is so fun. Ever since I started listening to podcasts, I really, every time I had a thought that to me is normal because my whole life I've been thinking way too deep into things, I started thinking like, wow, like I really would love to talk about this on a podcast and I would love to talk about it for an hour straight and people really care about it. So for a while, I was so, so excited about starting this podcast, but I was so stuck on what I was going to name it because I think it's really difficult to name a podcast when there's no specific niche thing and there's no, there's not just one topic that I'm talking about, I'm really talking about a million different topics. So once I landed on Logan's Logic, I was like, okay, I could really do this now. The other thing, though, that was also really difficult for me and kind of was a roadblock was because I have all of these topics and I have no shortage of them whatsoever, it was really, really difficult to, first of all, pick one for it to be the first episode, but second of all, decide which topic made sense to be the first episode topic because they're so random and they're so all over the place that it's like, how do I start out? Where am I supposed to start with this? So that's why I felt like there was no better topic to start Logan's Logic with besides feeling everything deeply because to me at least it just makes the most sense and I feel like it describes why I'm doing this podcast the most and also describes me the most. I pretty much my entire life since I could remember am usually nine times out of ten thinking deeper into things than let's say like the average person would or I'm still, you know, I'm the type of person where if you tell me like a story at a party, like I'm probably still thinking about it when I go home and or I pulled you aside and asked you for all the details that I'm that person. So I think something that was really important for me to talk about, which I'm excited to talk about, is BPD. So I felt like it would be so perfect because it's a way for you to get to know me a little, but it's also a way for me to explain what led me to creating Logan's Logic and why I have all this logic. But I also just want to talk about feeling everything deeply in general because you don't have to have BPD to feel things deeply. You don't have to have any mental illness to feel things deeply. Some people just empathize in a much bigger way and and I feel like for people who feel things deeply, most of the time, things are a bigger event for us. Basically, just to give you some background on BPD, since it's definitely going to be a thing brought up a lot during this podcast, BPD, Borderline Personality Disorder, is basically a mood disorder that severely impacts your emotion regulation meaning that people with BPD have a very difficult time controlling emotions, sorting out emotions, understanding emotions, and most of the time for people with BPD, every emotion is a very overtaking, overpowering emotion that causes them to most of the time act out. 
we can act out in the form of self-harm. We can act out in the form of extremely violent anger. We can act out in the form of splitting, which is basically a form of turning off your emotions for certain people in your life in a, in a, in a way. <laughs> BPD is a little bit genetic and you're definitely predisposed to it if you have it in your family, especially your immediate family. But BPD is one of those rare exceptions where it's not a chemical imbalance in your brain. It is simply a trauma response. So I also have anxiety and ADHD. Those are chemical imbalances in my brain that you could see on a brain scan or on a blood test. Borderline personality disorder, though, is very nurture over nature. It's something that is formed after very severe trauma during childhood because when you're a child, your brain doesn't know how to deal with that. You don't know how to cope because you don't know what skills go into coping. So your brain basically protects you from that pain and it in a very simple way I guess to put it is it's always being in fight or flight. Borderline personality disorder gets confused and even misdiagnosed by doctors a lot with bipolar disorder because a textbook and to doctors and to anybody who doesn't firsthand have either of the mental illnesses, they do present very similarly, but I think it's so strange because to me, as someone with BPD, bipolar is nothing like what I have. And I feel like most people that I know with BPD would agree with that. Like I said, I feel like there's a lot of things that separate borderline personality disorder from bipolar disorder, but the main thing that is the most well-known thing is with bipolar disorder, many people seem to think that moods can change minute to minute. You know, one minute they could be happy and one minute they could be sad and then they could be angry, but that's actually not true at all. For bipolar disorder, your moods change either from day to day to week to week to month to month. So someone can have a manic episode for a week or a couple of days or even a month and then a depressive episode for a week or a couple of days or a month. In reality, borderline personality disorder is the disorder that causes your moods to switch minute to minute, second to second. I think what makes borderline personality disorder just much more unsettling to people than bipolar disorder is, like I said, the fact that our moods change on a dime. You know, sometimes if you're very easily triggered, depending on the type of person you are, like, like honestly, the wind blows the wrong way and your mood will change. And I think that one of the reasons that BPD is so hard, which there are many, but one of the reasons BPD is so hard is because we're extremely self-aware and socially aware and so we completely understand when we are in the wrong or we're being destructive or we're hurting people that we don't really want to hurt or we're acting out in a way that we know is wrong but we just can't help it and I think that that's what's so interesting about not only BPD but just people who feel everything very deeply because we all are very self-aware and I don't mean we all as in people with BPD. We all as in anybody who feels everything deeply. Like, we're all so self-aware that it's 
a lot weirder than other people might process their emotions and it's a lot bigger but we just that's our normal and that's all we know and like honestly the way that I think of it is you know some people are born blind and then some people go blind later in their life and I think it's so interesting because you know, if you talk to someone who went blind, usually, I mean, like, obviously, they'll tell you, like, they are very aware of what they lost and what they're missing out on because they once had that. They saw the world and now they can't. Whereas someone who's born blind, they know that see being able to see everything would be better and is normal and that's what everybody else does, but they also aren't as a not that they're not as upset but just it's a whole different how are you supposed to miss something you've never known you know they miss it based off of what other people say but in reality they never saw it and so I think that's so interesting about people who feel things deeply is like we know what regulated emotions and and you know, less grandiose emotions look like and what they feel like and that, in theory, that is better and it's less painful, but at the same time, it's like, that's all that we've ever known. I find that, for me at least, I have a really weird internal struggle with feeling everything deeply. And, you know, it's very easy for me to appreciate it now, which I do, but that took a very long time and a whole lot of lessons and a whole lot of discipline and a whole lot of therapy and medication. Because I have BPD, I take medication for it. I take a mood stabilizer, which is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life and quite literally saved my life. And that's amazing. And I could talk about that for hours. But because I'm on medication and because it is a mood stabilizer, while it stabilizes my moods in obviously a beneficial way because I am not, my moods don't change as quickly and when they do, they're not as deep and such a big like destructive, you know, when I'm sad, I'm not just sad, I'm devastated and depressed. And when I'm angry, I'm not just angry, I'm like violently destroying things like explosive anger. And so I think that the where the internal struggle comes in is because it stabilizes my moods, I don't experience euphoria the way that I used to. Now, euphoria specifically is a BPD thing, but this is also for people who just feel things deeply because when you feel things deeply, you reach a different level of happiness. And so while the negative emotions feel so just soul-crushing and just it, it feels like you're gonna die, the good feelings are insane and they're better than drugs. Being so happy, being in love, like, we feel that in a whole different type of way. And especially with BPD, euphoria is a very, very addictive feeling because it seriously is better than any drug that you could ever take. And again, that's where mania gets confused with it because a lot of people, you know, 
mania is a thing for bipolar disorder that it basically, you know, it could happen for weeks to days to months, but it's different than euphoria. Mania is a different feeling and a different sensation. And mania is more like just being go, 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 and you're not really thinking as much. You're not, it's not, you aren't, you're not going, going, going because you're happy necessarily. You're just going, going, going because that's the mode that your brain is in and and your brain is just in drive. Whereas with borderline personality disorder, for us, it's not mania, it's euphoria. And that euphoria comes from being happy, being in love, being, you know, even just if you're around friends and you're so happy, it any it can come from anything. I know for me a lot, like the main place that I would experience this whole different level of euphoria is concerts, which like obviously concerts are amazing for everyone. But I would find that a lot of the time it would kind of trigger something in my brain. And then for weeks to months following that, I'd be kind of chasing that feeling. And for a long time, I was I was kind of ruining things for myself after I started getting on medication because I was constantly, and still am sometimes, looking for that feeling. And I think what's very important is that that feeling, whether you have BPD or not, can come from many things. And I still experience that feeling, for sure. There's many times where I experience a type of euphoria. I experience it pretty much every day, but in a completely different way and a healthier way and not nearly as often as I used to and not in the same situations as I used to. You know, I would be, you know, I'll be laughing with my friends and not as much now, but especially when I first started taking medication, in the back of my mind, it'd be like, yeah, but I don't, I'm not, like, getting that laugh where, like, I'm gonna piss myself, like, I'm, it's, like, unbearable, like, I cannot breathe, and I still, like, laugh like that on certain occasions, you know, everybody does once in a while, but that used to be so easy for me, and, and, And so many things could make me laugh like that without that much effort. And I've learned to look at it in the way of now I cherish those moments more because it it takes more for me to laugh like that. But I like that because in those moments or whoever's making me laugh like that, it makes that more special than just I laugh like this at like a fucking pin dropping. Like it's just more special But it definitely wasn't easy for me to look at it that way because it's a great feeling. And so going from feeling it so easily and so often to it being more of a cherishable moment, rare-ish occasion type thing was so jarring and so confusing. And it was very, like, disorienting for me because I was confused by it and I wasn't used to it. And one of the things that I love so much about the medication that I'm on and the amount that I take is it's perfect for me because, and I always say this, yes, I'm on mood stabilizers, but I still very clearly have BPD and I still feel like I have BPD and I love that. 
because I would never want to feel like I don't have it because I don't know me without it. You know, that is me. That's my brain. That's my heart. It's the way I think. It's the way I function. It's the way I speak. That plays a part in everything I do because it is me. And so I think my biggest concern was feeling like I didn't have BPD anymore. So when I started taking medicine and I realized I still felt normal, but then I wasn't feeling that extreme euphoria happiness like from nothing, I was like, what's going on? Because I, I feel like I have BPD and I I don't get as as sad in such a way that it's unbearable and unmanageable. Like, I still feel very strong emotions, but in a way that's more manageable. But why don't I feel the good ones anymore? Like, I thought that I, I got very worried that it was kind of the lesser of two evil situation. It was like, pick your poison. Do you want to, you know, want to die every time you even get a little bit sad and then just never... And, and be able to be so happy on occasion, but, you know, every negative emotion that you get almost takes you out? Or do you want to be able to manage your negative emotions in a healthy way, but then not be able to feel this whole different level of happiness that you were once able to? Feeling everything deeply, BPD or not, is just a very addicting feeling because... You know, I feel like for us, we find a lot of comfort in feeling things deeply. And, you know, obviously, many people find comfort in sadness, especially if there is depression or BPD or for whatever reason, you spend a lot of time sad. But I feel that at least for me, I will find comfort in any strong feeling and when I don't have a strong feeling about something, like, on the rare occasion that I'm, for whatever reason, nonchalant about something, and it doesn't just, like, boggle my fucking mind for no reason, and I can process it, like, normally, I'm like, what? Like, I'm sorry, what? What? Which, like I said, I'm in therapy and I take medication and those things are all great and good, and like I said, I still very much feel like I have BPD. So just because I deal with things in a healthier way doesn't mean I don't have to stop myself before I deal with it. You know, just because I'm on medication and in therapy doesn't mean I actually think any differently. It means I have to remind myself to think differently. So if I get mad at someone, my first thought is still I am going to actually rip you apart and destroy everything in my path right now and I actually want to put my fist through a wall. That is still very much my first thought. But now I have the foresight to be like, Logan, that's not fucking realistic. Like, chill out. You're not destroying shit because if you destroy something, you're going to be upset about it because you're going to destroy something of yours that you like. You're not going to hurt anyone. Take a breath. And so, luckily, I'm at a point where I'm able to do that with everything I feel. Same thing with sadness. Like, immediately, my first thought is still, like, I can't handle this. This is the end of the world. And then I'm like, Logan, chill out. Like, it's really not. You're not that special. And as messed up as it sounds, like, that's what I tell myself. Like, I'll literally be like, you're not that special. Just chill it out. 
So because of the fact that I still think the way that I think, even though I handle it differently, people who feel everything deeply, BPD or not, we will get very disoriented almost, I feel like, when something is chill and when something isn't world-stopping for us. Like, it's actually like, okay, you know, if you had a bad day, like, this was a bad day and for whatever reason, the bad thing that happened in that day, if it would normally bother you, it doesn't bother you as much on such a deeper level where it's the end of the world. I feel like it's so weird when once in a while that happens. Something that, unfortunately, we all see a lot with, you know, even any person who doesn't feel things extremely deeply and just feels things on a more normal, emotional level, most of the time we see it with people who feel things very deeply. And it feels like there's this weird pipeline from people who feel everything deeply to people with little to no self-esteem or self-worth or self-love. And like I said, this is because most of the time it's because the good emotions are so, so addicting that we don't care about ourselves if it means that we can have those moments and feel those things. And we see it a lot in relationships where one person will, even though they're not treated great by their significant other, when they are, in those very few moments where their significant other is good to them, they get such a rush from being in love and from being happy, even if it's momentarily happy, and just from the validation and the attention that it, to us sometimes, it feels worth it to go through all of those terrible moments for the good ones, because that good moment, that feeling is so deep, and it's so overtaking that it lasts us long enough to keep going on and wait for the next one. Like, it holds us over. It could be one minute and it could hold us over for a month because that's all it takes. Because that feeling in that one minute is strong enough to, like, withstand the test of time. Something I think, honestly, is definitely a toxic trait of people who feel everything very deeply is that sometimes when something means a lot more to us to you know the other person involved in the situation if there's two people in a situation and maybe you feel a lot deeper about something that they said and they have no idea because they don't feel their emotions on that level. So to them, something that might be a tiny little encounter that they have no second thought about, you now have taken a heart so heavily and you're taking it so personally for whatever reason. And it's it could be completely validated why you feel that way. But in the end, it always, always, without a doubt, at some point, causes problems because you're holding this thing over this other person's head and they don't even know that it's there. They don't even know that it was something that could be held over their head. They didn't think that it was important because to them it wasn't. 
And that's why I feel like people who feel things deeply and are also, you know, not necessarily shy, but just are more quiet when it comes to their feelings and don't speak up as much. Those two things are just such a fucking recipe for disaster. And it's so important to, like, everybody should be comfortable expressing their feelings and saying what they need and, you know, expressing their boundaries and when they're upset and everything. But it is so important for people who feel things deeply to teach themselves discipline with not letting people walk all over them in terms of letting people ignore their feelings. They have to be so upfront and so loud about them. And it's definitely not an easy thing to learn, for sure, because most of the time, if you're feeling things deeply, sometimes you don't feel like those feelings are valid because you're, again, self-aware that you're probably one of the only people in that situation feeling that way about so deeply about it and thinking so much about it. So you're like, well, I just don't want to say anything because to them, like, this probably hasn't even been thought. And so I don't want to bring it up. But in reality, it comes up at some point. It always comes up at some point. Something that's been really weird for me to realize (laughs) as I became self-aware of my own actions is that I am a very, very, very loud person, which I've always known, everybody's always known, it's no secret. I'm definitely very loudly opinionated to pretty much everyone and anyone, and I'm definitely not shy at all, (laughs) and making friends has never been my downfall. I could make friends with a wall and talk for hours, obviously. Why do you think I'm doing this? But I found that when it came to people close to me, especially guys, I would have such a fucking hard time talking about how I felt about anything. A stranger, or not even necessarily a stranger, just someone who isn't super close to me or important to me, is someone that I have no problem telling off if they deserve it, or telling them I'm upset if they made me upset, or telling them they're a fucking idiot if they're acting like a fucking idiot. Like, I have no problem showing and telling people how I feel, but for me, and I feel like this is the case for a lot of people who feel things deeply, when it comes to the people who are most important to me, it's so difficult because a stranger or someone who's not super vital for me and super necessary and someone that I really wouldn't, I would feel very, their loss would be big for me. Their absence would be very noticed by me. Whereas if it's someone who just, you know, it's it's kind of a friend in passing or even a stranger or someone, maybe even someone I don't like, it doesn't really matter to me. But I find that when it's someone whose opinion we value, it's so much more daunting, especially if you're someone who feels things very deeply. Because expressing your feelings can always be a little scary. 
But when you're talking to someone whose opinion you value very deeply, but you also know that these feelings that you're feeling, you might not think that they're exactly justified and you might feel a little stupid and maybe it's even something that happened really long ago and maybe it was a two-minute interaction, but you want to bring it up and this is a person that you are worried about them judging you a little bit. You, you care if they judge you but you also are bottling up these feelings. It's so weird. And that's, again, such a common theme with people who feel things deeply is even if they're an outspoken person with the people close to them, it still becomes very difficult because, again, of that self-awareness that the way that we feel things is different than a vast majority of people. The only thing that I have ever really felt actually makes a difference in telling people that you care about how you feel even if you feel like it's not exactly reasonable for you to feel that way as shitty as it's gonna sound like you just have to force yourself to and what I mean by that is you have to remind yourself that Bottling up feelings, especially when it comes to someone that you care about and a relationship that you care about, whether it's family, friends, a significant other, whatever it is, you have to remind yourself that bottling things up is very unhealthy. And the only thing that happens when you bottle things up is that situation ends in a bad and usually catastrophic way. Usually it's some sort of big blowout because when you let your emotions build, it never ends well. Putting it in your head that bottling emotions up and not expressing them to someone close to you, whether it's a stupid, silly feeling or not, and you're feeling it too deeply, is unhealthy. Because then it just becomes fully dependent on how your heart feels and what your heart feels and how much you care about this person, whether they're family or friend or significant other or anything in between, it becomes completely dependent on how much you actually care about them and how much you actually care about your relationship with this person. Because once you have really reminded yourself over and over and put it in your head that if you don't say this thing now, it will blow up in your face later, you then are gonna just spit it out if you really care about that person. If you can't fathom that person not being in your life because you didn't say one thing and you care too much about that person, it'll come out. It might be, you'll be nervous and you'll be, you'll still be anxious about it, but it'll come out because you know that there's no other option unless you want to lose them, which you don't, so there's no other option. And sometimes you realize you didn't care about a person as much as you thought they, you did. And in that case, you can just let it build. And I'm sure there's exceptions where you can still work it out even if you guys have a blow up. But if you want your relationship with this person, whoever they are, to be enjoyable, because in my head, there's no point in having someone in your life if you're miserable. And if you let things build, odds are you're miserable. So it's like if you're going to have this person in your life, you might as well have them in a way that's enjoyable for you. And the only way to do that is to speak up when you feel like something's wrong. 
The thing about feeling everything deeply is that anxiety kind of naturally goes hand in hand with that because you're more likely than not, and more times than not, thinking deep into things that might not even be like big events in your personal life or something that's going on with you. You could like read something in the news and be hooked thinking about it just because maybe it bothered you and maybe it made you confused or maybe it just like opened a door in your mind and now you're having all these spiraling thoughts and your brain is just filling up and now you're anxious and you're overwhelmed. And all of that is exactly why I wanted to start this podcast because I could I could want to talk about something really sad that happened to me or I could want to talk about conspiracy theories or I could want to talk about something that's going on in the world or I could want to talk about aliens or I could want to talk about mental health (laughs) or I could want to talk about like clothes like it really goes from A to Z so quickly and that's why I love this so much and that's why I was so 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 excited to do this because I can just talk about anything and that's what so many of us do people who feel things deeply we usually someone who feels things deeply is someone who can talk for a very long time because they never really run out of logic (laughs) as stupid and like on the nose as it sounds they really don't we really don't and I think that that's so interesting because I love talking to other people who feel things deeply because one, it's just such a good conversation and two, it's so hilariously all over the place because if you put two people together who feel things deeply and let them talk, you're jumping from topic to topic. It's a very scattered conversation, but it's so, so great. And more times than not, you learn something from it. Like, I really, as stupid as it might be, which, I mean, it's not stupid, it's great, but, like, as dumb as it might sound, I love having so many facts to, like, hand out to people in conversation, you know? Like, I'd love to be able to pull out, like, actually, speaking of that, did you know that, like, blah, 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 and, like, it's such a good trick to, like, have in the bag, and it's not a trick, but when you think about everything so much and you feel so many different types of ways about so many different types of things, you want to know about it more times than not. Usually you want the answers to the questions you might have about it or you want more information about something that you thought was interesting. And that's another thing. I feel like people who feel things deeply are very, very creative people more times than not because they need an outlet. We need an outlet to... to do something with all of these thoughts and feelings and a lot of the time it comes out in some sort of artistic way and that can mean anything it doesn't just have to mean drawing or painting it can mean absolutely anything but I find that the most creative people are the people who think about things a lot and feel a lot of things about everything so I feel like something that's also really important is like really taking advantage of that. Like, whatever thing that you're good at and you enjoy, even if it's not artistic or if you feel 
a lot of things and think a lot of things and you have some sort of outlet to pour all of those things into, it's so important to focus on that and get better at it because then it's a lot easier to love the fact that you can feel things deeply. Because in reality, being able to feel things very deeply is a really, really amazing thing. And even though, yeah, it can suck when they're negative emotions, it's a really great thing that not every single person in the world gets to experience. And in moments, it's terrible, but in the long run, it's such an amazing thing to have felt. But more times than not, it's not easy to just off the bat be grateful for feeling things the way that you feel them. And more times than not, it's not always like that. Like, just because I can sit here and be like, I love that I feel things deeply and it's such an amazing thing. And a lot of the times I feel that way and I'm able to remind myself that a lot. I for sure have moments where I'm like really fucking pissed off or I'm really upset or for whatever reason, I'm just having a bad time. I'll for sure sit there and be like, dude, why am I fucking like this? Like, why me? Why why do I always have to feel things in such a grandiose way? Why can't I just be sad without it being like heartbreaking, chest hurts, uncontrollable sobbing? And I think that's why it's so important to learn patience if you're someone who feels everything deeply. And I am not a patient person. So by all means, like I know it's not easy. But being patient with yourself and understanding that you, if you're trying to not look at your emotions in such a negative way and you're trying to really understand that it's a good thing and it's something that's great about you and it's something that someone should love about you and it's very difficult to do that. So, you have to, like, understand that, like I said, when you're really pissed off or you're really sad about something, you're going to be like, fuck this. Why am I trying to be grateful for this? I feel like shit. You have to be like, okay, obviously, I'm going to say that right now. I'm upset for whatever reason. I don't feel good for whatever reason. So, no shit, I'm going to hate that I can feel everything so deeply and so strong. But in a week, when I'm with my best friend and we're laughing about something really funny and we're having we've had such a good day and I'm just so happy in that moment and I feel this level of happiness I'm going to be grateful for it I'm going to be grateful that I can reach that level of happiness and so you have to understand that like you hating the way that you feel your emotions and the way that you make your decisions and you function in the world one it isn't realistic Two, it isn't sustainable. And three, it's not permanent. It's impossible for that to be a permanent feeling. Because at some point, something is going to happen that makes you feel good. And you're going to realize that you wouldn't be able to feel that way if you didn't process your emotions and feel your emotions the way that you do. Even when it's not convenient or comfortable or enjoyable because it isn't. But again, I feel like something that's really difficult about that is not becoming 
addicted to those good feelings and those highs and not always worrying and chasing those feelings because that can happen very easily and a lot of the times it does happen even if it, if it only happens for a period of time at some point if you're someone who feels everything deeply you're gonna be chasing some sort of happiness high that you reached at one point or another and it's so difficult to understand that your self-worth isn't based off of the emotion that you're feeling and it's so difficult to understand that again it's impossible to always feel a strong emotion even for people who feel everything deeply there's going to be a day where for whatever reason like you're chill or maybe you've been working really hard or maybe you've been going to therapy or something that you've been doing towards managing your emotions, trying to keep them not even necessarily at bay, but trying to learn coping mechanisms for when you feel upset. And maybe those things are working and you know that that's a good thing, but then when you don't feel a super overtaking emotion for the first time, you're like, this is weird. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable and I'm unsettled because I don't feel like me. But in reality, you have to understand that life is not just about the emotions that you're feeling every second. And you have to give yourself permission to understand that, like, sometimes you have a boring day. Like, sometimes you have a quiet day. And maybe you only get one day in a year where you don't feel a, a strong emotion. But you have to be grateful for that rather than try and change that because a lot of the times that's where self-sabotage comes in because again self-sabotage is such a common thing for people who feel everything deeply and sometimes when things get too comfortable or too domestic and too you know when there's not too much drama happening when there's not this constant back and forth or or fight or flight and you you're actually comfortable and it's and it's calm and it's it's domestic. A lot of the times what will happen is we will mess that up on purpose because we're not used to that and it is unsettling for us. And yeah, maybe we're self-aware of the fact that that's what we're supposed to want. We're supposed to want comfortable and quiet and domestic. We can't handle that because we don't know that. We've never experienced that. And for us, being comfortable and being healthy is weirder than being toxic and unhealthy and and not in a good place. And honestly, I feel like the only way that that changes is with time and with experience. Like, and as much as it sucks, at some point, you'll reach a point where you've been in so much pain so many times that you're like, okay, I'm starting to realize that the only way that I'm going to stop feeling this shitty all the time is if I actually let my life be comfortable and and quiet and healthy because at first it's the weirdest feeling ever and it's you have to be so disciplined with yourself and keep reminding yourself but then at some point you start getting used to it. And then at some point, you start being happy. And then you start realizing that that 
happiness high that you've been chasing all of that time could have been reached a long time ago if you would have just stopped self-sabotaging. Because everybody that I have ever talked to who feels everything deeply always, we always kind of like agree that it always takes a lot of hurt before you get to a point where you're like, oh, I should stop doing this to myself. Like, I really am just asking for it at this point. Like, why can't I just let things be happy? And it's weird because it, when you actually start to let things be happy, you're not happy at first. And then you realize that that happiness high that you thought you would get through bad situations and being toxic, and maybe you got that happiness high for one second through a toxic situation or something that wasn't good. And so that's why you were self-sabotaging and that's why you had no self-worth because you were chasing that one second high when in reality if you would have just let yourself go through the temporary uncomfortability of being healthy and letting your life be healthy you realize that that happiness high can be something you experience every day or every week or something that is a lot more common in your life, but it's in a healthy way and you don't have to sacrifice your self-worth to get it. And with time and enough hurt, eventually you realize that processing your emotions the way that you process them isn't gonna change. No matter what, like, you're stuck with yourself so you can work on it, but you can't change it. So would you rather leave it and be miserable and be unhealthy and unbalanced and, you know, frantic and, and basically always in fight or flight mode? Or would you rather use those strong emotions in a way that's actually enjoyable at least more of the time for you? Because it's not always going to be. It can't be. It's not possible for you to always be happy and on cloud nine. But eventually, you're grateful for being able to be on cloud nine like that. And that's why I'm here. Because at some point, after I put myself through it enough times, I was like, you know, maybe if I, maybe if I, maybe if I actually care about myself, like maybe things will change. And I did. And it was weird as hell. And then at some point, I realized that like I said, that one second happiness high that I was sacrificing my self-worth to get was something I could have been getting a lot longer than one second and I didn't have to sacrifice my self-worth at all for it. And because eventually I stopped just hurting myself repeatedly, I started to use my very deep feelings for even more things that were entertaining to me like thinking about random things that I am interested in, whether there's a reason or not. And that's what brings me here. And that's why I have a whole list, endless list of ideas, because once I actually let myself appreciate how deeply I can feel things, I actually started caring about things that were worth feeling deeply for. Because there's plenty of things that just aren't worth your strong emotions, but there's also plenty of things that are worth it and that are good for you. 
I'm so, so, so happy and excited to finally be doing this. And I really wish that I could tell you what I'm going to talk about next, but I have no idea. But that makes me excited and it keeps it interesting because, you know, like I said, I really, my thoughts just can't sit still. My brain's just always running around in circles. So whatever I'll be talking about, I'll be talking a lot for a very long time. Again, very, very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you did, really, you honestly, there's a whole lot of rambling going on. So you really, like, if you've reached this point, I feel like there's some sort of reward that should be set up. I should really get on that, honestly. But seriously, thank you so much for listening to the first episode. I'm so happy that there's finally a first episode because there's going to be so, so, so many more to come. We'll talk soon.